new information has recently come out in the Gabby Petito case. Another witness has come forward saying that she gave Brian Laundrie a ride on August the 29th, the second person to come forward for that day. Also, there's new information that Brian spent over $1,000 on someone's debit card. I think we can hazard a guess as to whose card that was. So today we're gonna look at the timeline before Brian arrived in Florida. Here's what we're looking at. A woman named Jessica Schultz told authorities that she camped at the Spread Creek Dispersed Camping Area with friends from August 22nd to August 29th. She claims that she saw Brian on August 26th, August 27th, and maybe on August 28th. However, Gabby Petito was nowhere to be seen. And she said he was very kind of awkward and confused. It was just him. There was no Gabby. In that time frame, we all independently noticed the van. He was just acting weird. You know, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, your hackles go up when you see something that's out of the ordinary. Now on the 27th, this is the last known day so far of others seeing Gabby. Between 1 and 2 p.m., Gabby and Brian were at a restaurant called Mary Piglet's. It's located in Jackson Hole, an hour and 15 minutes from the Spread Creek camping area. It was confirmed by the restaurant that Gabby and Brian were in fact there. According to a witness who was sitting beside Gabby and Brian, she said that Brian was kicked out of the restaurant and that Brian was fighting with the hostess. The witness said they like left abruptly and she was standing on the sidewalk crying and he walked back in and was like screaming at the hostess and then walked back out. And then he walked back in like four more times to talk to the manager and to like tell the hostess off. Now, Brian's behavior was described as angry and relentless. And it was said Gabby came back in and apologized for Brian's behavior and she urged him to drop it so they could leave. Now, she says it was like an effing scene, something that doesn't happen at a restaurant. The way he was acting and she was crying, you could tell it was more sadness for her and he was more angry. He was relentless, he wouldn't drop it. Whatever it was, he wouldn't drop it. Now, imagine this for a moment. This scene just goes down at the restaurant. They leave the restaurant, they go into the van, and now they have over an hour to drive back to camp, if that's where they went right after that. And Brian is revved up from the sounds of it, and Gabby is, as the witness described, hysterically crying. What a ride that would be. I mean, we saw a few weeks before that on body cam footage that he was seen speeding, and I had wondered why he was so happy, but I mean, during the whole day, he was angry and slapping Gabby. So it's interesting here, um, that ride would not be so fun, in my opinion. So if the timing is right, according to the eyewitness account from that 1 to 2 p.m. mark, then they would get back to the campground mid-afternoon if they went straight there. Between 5 and 6 p.m., they were at the Spread Creek Dispersed Camping Area, Footage was taken by YouTubers Red, White, and Bethune, and they saw the van. It was spotted in that area on the side of the road, and that was the area where Gabby was found deceased. And according to the news on Nancy Grace, she said that Gabby was found in the woods. We don't know all the details yet. Now, at some point during that day, Gabby goes on Snapchat, and she tells a friend that she's heading to Yellowstone. And then at some point during the day or night, and I'm hoping we're gonna get the timestamp to this and it will be released, Gabby's phone texts out, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. Now, some have speculated that this was an SOS text with the word Stan meaning send the authorities now. 
Some have said that it's just a text regarding Gabby's grandfather, Stan, as that was his name. And I had added a video with references to Stan from a song called Stan by Eminem. Now, back to the first one, the acronym Stan, meaning send the authorities now, I do question it. We'd need to find out more about when the timing was sent and if that was from Gabby or not. Also, it's not all in capitals, the acronym, which could be something, maybe not. And if it's an SOS and you want to get it out there quickly, why the rest of the sentence? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. Why not just call 911 or, or why not just can you help Stan? So unless she needed that end bit, I do, that one's iffy to me. It makes sense with the send the authorities now, if her mom would know what that meant. Um, but I don't, I just, I'm not sure here. I just, I'm not convinced on that one as much as I am on the other one. However, I guess time will tell once we start getting more information. And maybe she couldn't call 911 because that would be too risky. But maybe Gabby didn't have the phone anyway. We know in the past that Brian has taken her phone as well. So maybe he controlled it that day too, even when she was alive. So once the autopsy comes out and the data, you know, with the telematics and the GPS on the phones and all that, it'll be a little bit easier to put together. Also, with my version of Stan, I want to show you one more thing. Eminem, aka Marshall Mathers, said that this song is also about telling fans not to take things literally in what he says, just like Brian's text. If that's who texted it, was Brian. It's not to be taken literally. And that's why we got to where we got to in my videos and the three videos that I've done. I do recommend it go in the description box below if you haven't seen it you'll see the thought process with the first text the second and, the, and then the third um, which was the stickers so if this text wasn't gabby that texted it which again in my opinion it wasn't then the stan text was after her death which would mean gabby lost her life on this day the 27th let's go to august 28th this is a day of silence I haven't seen anything come out that says anyone saw Gabby that day, which reinforces the thought perhaps it was the 27th. As I mentioned earlier, the witness who saw the van on the side of the road and Brian but no Gabby said it was the 26th, the 27th, and maybe the 29th, but sorry, the 28th, but the 29th, uh, there was no van and no one saw Gabby. And I do wonder, if Gabby and Brian were seen eating at a restaurant on the 27th, did they also do a grocery run that day and pick up groceries? Did they run out and that's why they went to eat at a restaurant? Or was it something that they just, you know, something different to go and eat rather than, you know, your food in the woods? And I do wonder if they did spend some time, you know, in the morning at Jackson Hole before they went to lunch. Or maybe they found a spot to take pictures. We just didn't get to see them. And... I also wonder why there's not a sign of Gabby on this day, or Brian, really. And why park at the side of the road at, at this camping area? It's odd. Why pick there? Unless he was mad and, you know, scrambled out, and that's where it's going to be. I don't know. So now, Sunday, August 29th, the morning and afternoon is unknown of Brian's steps until 5.30 p.m. that evening, in and around there. 
Gabby was supposed to contact a friend on this day, the 29th, but she didn't. It was her friend's birthday and they were to finalize plans to meet up in Yellowstone sometime when they got there, which was understood that that's where they were headed to next. The friend said, the last time I talked to Gabby was the beginning of August when we were planning for me to meet her in Yellowstone after my birthday. She also had opinion about the text. She said, the whole thing is odd. My birthday is the 29th. I don't know why she'd send that text and not message me. She also said, I also don't think she'd text her mom no service. She'd call as soon as she had service in my opinion. Now at 5.30 p.m., Brian hitchhikes and catches a ride with a girl named Miranda Baker and her boyfriend. It's said that he offered them $200 to go to Jackson. So Miranda picks him up in Coulter Bay, which is 55 minutes north from Spread Creek. My question is, how did Brian get to Coulter Bay before this? Did he hitchhike? As he would technically not be with the van, and it's an hour north. So Miranda drives around 10 to 12 minutes she drives into Jackson Hole and then Brian said he wanted to get dropped off and hitchhike with someone else. He was dropped off at the Jackson Lake Dam and Miranda drops him off at a turnout. She said they dropped Brian off at 6.09 p.m. Now that is a 40 minute difference and it's only a 12 minute drive according to Google Maps. But she did say as soon as he got out of the vehicle that she texted her mom which was at 6.09 p.m. So her very first video was saying it was around 5.30, but then she checked her text at 6.09, so that makes sense to me. She said that Brian talked about camping at an unregulated site in the middle of nowhere along Snake River. He talked about his fiance and that she's been working on her social media page the last couple days while he's been camping along the Snake River with only a tarp. And here's what she said. He was wearing a backpack and a long sleeve pants, hiking boots, and he had like scruff, but he didn't look dirty for someone who was, was camping for multiple days. Like he didn't look dirty, smell dirty, so that part was kind of weird. She also said, he said he was camping north. He had told us that him and Gabby are not camping on a regular campsite to the national park, that they were camping basically in the middle of nowhere along Snake River. This is key information. He says that he had hiked for days along Snake River, but when lo like looking at a backpack, it wasn't full. And he said all he had was a tarp to sleep on, which I think if we're going camping for days on end, You'd want food and a tent and he had none of that and like I said, he looked clean and didn't smell bad. So it's interesting in the statement that Brian said Gabby was working on their social media for the last couple days in the van, but he was camping along Snake River with a tarp and was camping north. Now I'm thinking maybe this is an alibi setup. I mean, what are your thoughts? Also, we know that from Nomadic Static's YouTube video, which is their YouTube channel, they had a tent shown in the video. And also, when they were talking about this girl, talking about the hitchhiking story, a behavioral analyst was on there from the behavior panel, Scott, and he said on Dr. Phil that he believes the person to be honest. And I believe so too. So after Miranda drops off Brian at the turnout, about five, six minutes later, Brian hitches another ride with a stranger. A woman named Norma Jean said she picked up Brian around 6.15 or 6.20 that day, she said. She said she went to a Catholic church that day called the Chapel of the Sacred Heart and was about 1.2 miles from Jackson Lake Dam where Miranda dropped Brian off. And the service was at 5 p.m. 
After the service, she said she picked up Brian at around 6.15, 6.20, past the dam near Pacific Creek Landing. She said he was walking backward and holding out his thumb. She said, I picked him up. Something just said, hey, ask him where he's going. Brian sat in the passenger seat of her forerunner and asked if she was going to Jackson. When she told him no, because she lives in the opposite direction, he asked her if she'd drop him off at the Spread Creek Dispersed Camping Area, which she agreed to. And Spread Creek is about a 20-minute drive from the dam. He told her that he spent time hiking near Snake River and that he had a fiancé. He told her that he had seen elk and moose but no bison, and when he asked her if she needed any gas money, she said no. During the ride to Spread Creek, she took a sharp right turn and it caused her Bible to go off the dashboard and fall into Brian's lap. He then picks up the book and puts it back up on the dashboard. Brian then asked Norma Jean to drop him off at the gate of the campground, which it says it has a single dirt road that extends miles to various uh, camping sites in the area. At 6.30 p.m., she drops him off. She does say that she could drive him inside, and then that's when it's reported he tried to get out of the moving car. She said she joked with Brian about wanting to impress his fiance by hiking into the campground rather than hitching a ride, but he responds only by insisting that he be let out of the vehicle. This is interesting. So let's walk through this day for a minute. We aren't sure what Brian's doing in the morning or the afternoon of the 28th, but at some point he decides to hitchhike. And perhaps he showered in Coulter Bay, maybe that's why Miranda said he seemed clean, and that's the area where she said he picked him, she picked him up. Um, she said he was in long sleeve shirts and pants, which is interesting to me because I was wondering how hot is that in August there? And it was 77 degrees at 6 p.m. when he was dropped off, and then it starts cooling off. So let me know if you've camped in that area, if that's a little odd or not so odd because it drops off so fast. Canadians think that's pretty warm, <laughs> so let me know. Now, Brian would have gone north of Spread Creek to end up in Coulter Bay, like I mentioned, where Miranda picked him up. So did he go there to shower? And Miranda said that's where they met him was where the showers are. But I don't know if that's the case. Perhaps if Brian hitchhiked and wanted a ride in, maybe he was laying down that alibi and he needed witnesses. And so he does the chit chat and talks about how he's been camping away, letting, you know, Gabby do her thing and create her website or her social media page. He also tells her that, you know, he only had a tarp. That's why, you know, he doesn't have a whole bunch of stuff with him. Therefore, it's looking to others that he's going to Jackson, not Spread Creek. However, he does get a ride, you know, after that to Spread Creek, but not to the van, just the entrance. Why? And while he's hitchhiking, he maybe had keys to the van in his pocket. Or maybe he didn't. And if he did, he probably would have left with the van. We know in the past he's held the keys. Now maybe he realized that this was dumb to hitchhike if it wasn't to lay down the alibi. So he goes back, gets the keys, gets the van, and then takes Gabby's debit card or cards and heads to Florida. Or He's thinking, the alibi is placed, now I go get the van, I don't know yet. I'm sure we'll find out more. He definitely wouldn't want to stay around a crime scene, so he probably wants to get out as soon as he can. I mean, clearly he knows something because he's not looking for Gabby, who's missing, is he? And he didn't talk to the authorities or phone the authorities 
either, did he? And so instead he takes off. And this was before seven o'clock that he arrived at the area. So at this point, we're not sure how long he stuck around for. And he probably had a decent amount of gas already in Gabby's van. That's a guess because um, he didn't make a purchase on the debit card until the 30th of September. So either he left that night or he waited. More on that in a minute. So on August 30th, at some point he uses the debit card, or as I said, someone's debit card, and here's what the document states. In the indictment, it says, from on or about August 30th, 2021, through and including on or about September 1st, 2021, in the District of Wyoming and elsewhere, the defendant, Brian Christopher Laundrie, knowingly and with intent to defraud, used one or more unauthorized access devices, namely a Capital One bank debit card ending in 8774 and a personal identification number for Capital One bank accounts ending in 0525 and 8665 and by such conduct obtained things of value aggregating to $1,000 or more during the period which affected interstate commerce. Now, I wonder if hotels are on that card as well. Can't wait to find that out. Now, Brian now has an arrest warrant out for him, and once he's caught, he has to go straight to the judge. Now, also on this day, the 30th, there's another text from Gabby's phone that says no service in Yosemite. And I created a previous video about my belief about the text and also a new video where I'm talking about three new stickers that are placed on Gabby's van sometime after the 27th. Now, one particular sticker that was placed had to do with the Nevada Triangle. That was the third sticker. And within that triangle is Yosemite and they call it the Nevada Triangle because weird things happen in that area and people go missing and there's no communication and they end up dead. Just like Gabby. And just like no communication or no service on text number one and two. And Yosemite also means to kill others. So it will be interesting to see where that phone was when the ping went out. Sure as heck wasn't from Yosemite and it wasn't from Gabby. Now on the 31st of August, Brian uses the debit card again and reports are coming in that there were two separate reports from gas station employees in Benton, Illinois and FBI agents were requesting security camera footage from there. And Benton is 15 hours away from Northport, Florida where Brian showed up on September 1st in the morning. So Brian drove 15 hours at some point between the 31st of August and the 1st of September. And remember, in the indictment, it said that he used it until the September 1st date. So Brian racks up over $1,000 in total, as I said, on this debit card. And he arrives at Northport, Florida around 10.30 a.m on September 1st, according to a license plate reader. And it's a 35 hour drive in total from Spread Creek, where the van was, to Northport. So we know the day before, on the 31st, he was in Benton. And from Benton to Spread Creek is almost 21 hours. So he put 21 hours or almost 1400 miles in two or three days from the campground to Benton. If he left right after, um, he got to the campsite on the 29th, which is quite possible since he didn't want to be seen in that area. And he didn't want to be seen in that area when he was with the woman who picked him up and, and gave him a ride to there. So 
Maybe he did put on a few hours on the 29th. Then he'd drive a good chunk on the 30th, gassed up perhaps, especially because the card was used. And then the 31st drove a good chunk and then the last little bit home on the 1st. He arrived home in the morning. Now after the 1st, no one other than Brian's parents seemed to have seen him. And many are wondering if he's been gone a lot longer than he's been reported. On the 11th of September, that's when Gabby was reported missing by her family. And on the 14th, Brian went for a hike. And the 17th, he was reported missing by his family members because he hadn't returned. He left his wallet and his phone. And on the 19th, Gabby was found and then Brian's arrest warrant was announced. And here we are waiting for Brian to be found. And like his lawyer says, he's not missing, he's hiding. I'll be doing another video on the recent timeline as well after September 1st, once I piece a few more things together. But I do have a question. If all this went down in Wyoming, why is he taking Gabby's van to Florida? Why not flee from there? And why then arrive in Florida, slap a few stickers on the van, if that's when it happened, we know it's after the 27th because those stickers weren't there before, and then he makes a run for it. What did he need from his parents? Was it to say goodbye? Or was it for something else? And there's a lot of chitter chatter about Brian and his parents. And it's really interesting. I mean, they knew he was gone on the Tuesday, or so they say, the Tuesday the 14th. And by the 17th, they report him missing, saying that he didn't take his wallet and he didn't take his phone. Wouldn't they know that on Tuesday or Wednesday? Why wait till Friday? And I know there's a lot of talk also about the Mustang and the truck and they're going here and they're going there. So I'm going to sort that out and lay it out for you guys as well. And before I recorded this video, I saw that Dog the Bounty Hunter is down there too. So I know there's a lot coming in. Hopefully we'll also learn soon about the cause of death and what that is for Gabby Petito. There's something seriously going on with Brian Laundrie, obviously. And there's little things and little tells I've said before that he's doing. It's, it's absolutely crazy. It's wrong. And I feel really bad for the Petito Schmidt family and all her friends. This guy is a problem, in my opinion. Now, Gabby's funeral will be tomorrow. That is Sunday the 26th. That'll be from 12 to 5, I believe. I will have that link in the description box below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.